Welcome to Beating Cancer Daily. Beating stage four cancer for 30 years still takes my breath away every time I say it. I'm Saren, founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, and I hope you'll join me for just a few minutes daily for the next 365 days so we may laugh, learn, maybe cry a little as we live our best days Beating Cancer Daily Together. You guys, I have another surprise for you today. I have one of my dear, dear friends and health experts with me because I know a lot of you are obsessed with poop. (laughs) It's such an amazing topic. Jackie's going to teach us everything we need to know about our poop. And there are mysteries, there's clues in your poop, people. And I have to give you a funny visual. When I was potty training my daughter three decades ago, I actually created a poop conga line. And I made the concept of pooping so much fun with a little song that I sang. (laughs) that this became the way that all my friends taught their kids how to poop in the potty. So I just want you to get this visualization of me doing a conga line. So like one arm up, one arm under the elbow, and this song with little toddlers trailing behind me (laughs) and parents. (laughs) That's Jackie laughing because she didn't know I was going to talk about this. And literally here's the song. Poopy in the potty, a poopy in the potty, a poopy in the potty. I kid you not. That's how I taught my daughter and all the other little toddlers. And they thought it was so fun that they all learned very quickly how to be potty trained. So I love this topic. I'm so curious. And I want to officially bring on the star and my co-partner in the Comedy Cures Health Builder series. She also was the epicenter of our beautiful second research study that we did. And I just love her and I love asking her questions because she always explains everything so easily to me. So today to tell us all about poop is Jackie Brian. Oh, Saren, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. You know, today we're we're talking about what your poop says about you. I don't know, Saren, do you think about do you think about what your poop says about you? <laughs> it better not tell you all my secrets, Jackie. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to introduce me as the functional nutritionist registered nurse and poop expert. <laughs> I thought that would have been a a really good intro. She she is so qualified, people. You hear me introduce her all the time with this joke. She has more degrees than a thermometer. I'm going to repeat that every time I introduce you because I think it's funny. (laughs) That's so funny. Let's dive into the poop topic because I agree with you. It is so interesting. And people are way more obsessed about their poop than they let on, right? I mean, I think We all know that it's really important to pay attention to our health, Um, but how often, honestly, do you actually turn around after you visit the toilet and check out your poop? (laughs) It it might sound disgusting to some of you. Some of you would be like, oh, I would never do that. Um, And some of you would be like, yeah, I do it all the time. 
Wait um, a second. How about my husband asked me about my poop? And I'm like, I'm not discussing that. He's obsessed with poop. I know this is going to be his favorite episode. Jackie. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> what's funny. What's funny about poop is it is one of the first questions that I ask my clients in my intake sessions with them. And it's honestly, it's not me being too nosy. It's just, it's me trying to understand how well their body is functioning because your poop tells me a story. And I want to hear your story. I want to hear your poop story, Saren. <laughs> oh this is so, this is amazing. So let's, let's talk about yours, right? So when you are assessing your bowel movements, you want to take several things into consideration. One of the first things is to take into consideration is your poop size. Normal is at least a couple inches long, at least a couple inches in length, and probably between four to eight inches. Tiny poops are not good unless you're a bunny or a deer. <laughs> right? so, so, so tiny poops, little pellets, not good, right? So your poop size should be between four to eight inches. The thing we want to think about is poop consistency. Now, I'm not asking for you to reach in the toilet and give it a squeeze, right? That's not oh. what I'm asking you to do. We're starting to go down the rabbit hole. Here. I was just okay. going to so- say, we should have said, if you guys are eating, stop eating until this episode is over. So your poop consistency should be between firm and soft. And I know, again, we're not squeezing it to find out. But if your poop is in a well-formed log and it is not too hard for it to squeeze out of your body, then it's probably okay. So again. Your poop size should be between four to eight inches long, no pellets, and the consistency should be between firm and soft and a well-formed log, and it shouldn't be too hard to squeeze out. The next thing we're going to talk about is poop color. A whitish, grayish, or clay-colored stool indicates a lack of bile, which is a digestive fluid that's produced by your liver, and it's stored in your gallbladder. And if somebody has whitish, grayish-colored stool, it might hint to a medical provider like myself that there are some problems with the liver, the gallbladder, um, because these are the organs where the bile is produced and stored. Any mucus that is in the stool could be a sign of other digestive diseases, such as Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, things along that line. So it's really important to pay attention to the color of the stool. A green color stool might be caused by the consumption of vegetables that are rich in chlorophyll, things like spinach. You can also get green stool from food coloring, green food coloring, or even blue food coloring on a birthday cake. I remember when my daughter was little, we had cookie monster cake when she was little. I don't eat that. We all had it and we all had some pretty funky looking poops. Uh, (laughs) But we know that green color can also be uh, something that transfers into your stool from colored drinks and even iron supplements. Newborns pass a dark green stool that's called meconium. And breastfed infants often have like a yellow or green stool. If food is not the reason for the green stool, it could mean that your stool passed through the digestive tract too quickly and didn't have enough time to get bile or bilirubin. And that's something you might want to get checked with your with your doctor. 
yellow stole can be a sign of a blocked bile duct or poor fat absorption. And this can lead to uh, an increase in fat continuing in the stool. And it can make them pale, large, loose, foul smelling. Not that stool smells great to begin with, but this would be like exceptionally worse. <laughs> Another Mine reason. smell like ice cream. No, I was thinking roses, Saren. Roses. <laughs> Another reason for yellow stools could be like a lack of an enzyme that's produced in the pancreas. It can hint at an underlying condition like pancreatitis, celiac, or cystic fibrosis. But most of the time, yellow poop is a sign that you ate too many carrots or you had a yellow colored drink, right? So we don't want to jump to uh, conclusions. I had a family member who ate a bunch of beets one night and then called me the next day saying they had blood in their stool and it was just the redness from the beets that made it look like they had red and bloody stool. Black or tarry stool can appear because of the medicine you might take. So people that are taking Pepto-Bismol uh, will often have a black looking stool if they're on aspirin, ibuprofen, or iron supplements that can also cause black and tarry stool. And it can also occur because of bleeding in the intestine. So it's important to pay attention to it. If, if it does last for more than a couple of days, you definitely want to get checked by your, your doctor. And then red stool is usually, as I mentioned, um, influenced by your diet from beets, cranberries, tomatoes, colored drinks. You know, always think that back about what you consumed recently. Uh, it could be from the night before. If food's not the cause, then it's important to call the doctor to make sure that you don't have like an anal fissure or hemorrhoids or, or even some other digestive issue like ulcerative colitis. So that's important to pay attention to. So that is kind of the, the colors that we want to pay attention to when we're looking at the poop. So now we know the size, the consistency, and the color matter. So again, this is all learning about your poop and having your story told. Uh, the poop shape is something that's really important. It's not an easy definition because your poop shape might change from bowel movement to bowel movement, um, but usually a comparison to a log is a good one. The healthiest poop is a, usually a long cylinder that four to eight inches long and anything else other than that log can actually be a sign of something else going in your body. And, and believe it or not, there's a science behind the poop shape. So I am not the only poop expert in the world. There are actually other people that are really interested in poop. And there is actually a, a group of scientists from the British Royal Infirmary that created the Bristol stool chart. And it's what is the most commonly used stool assessment tool uh, in the medical community today. And it describes seven different kinds of feces and what they mean. And I'm going to go through them with you. But again, if you are interested in exploring this further, you can Google Bristol stool chart and you can get your own picture of different types of poops and what they look like. I'm but. obsessed now. You know that I have <laughs> to download this. Yes, you have to. <laughs> yeah. And I'd like you to make a song about the Bristol stool chart, Saren, and you can <laughs> sing it. You can sing it in our next, in the next podcast. No, I'm so visual. So I, I know I'm like a rabbit hole person when somebody teaches me something like this, that I have to go do a deep dive into this Bristol stool chart. Yeah. So thank uh, you for mentioning that. So there's seven types on the Bristol stool chart. Type one is that separate solid lumps that are sort of reminiscent of nuts, pebbles, rabbit, or goat feces. If somebody has these little solid lumps, usually there's some severe constipation happening. 
And this type of stool is telling the person that the body is lacking fiber. Um, the fix, the fix for this is to consume more fiber-rich products like you know whole wheat pasta, raspberries, and lentils, soluble and insoluble fibers. Those are those are pretty important. If you eat just one apple, you're getting both soluble and insoluble fiber. Type two on the Bristol stool chart is this sausage-shaped, large and lumpy. Oh, uh, sort of think like a bunch of grapes. There's a visual for you. You but just you ruined grapes for me, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a bunch of grapes coming out, it's it's telling you that you're constipated as well. And this type of stool is also caused by lack of fiber. Some non-dietary reasons for constipation can include some long-term anti-diarrheal agent use. So if somebody's usually an over-a-counter anti-diarrhea agent or medicine, that can cause a problem. Lack of physical exercise, inadequate hydration. You know, the advice for this person that has the bunch of grapes coming out. <laughs> is to have more fruits and vegetables, hydrate and exercise. And that's usually the recommendation for that. Now, type three is a cracked sausage-shaped poop. Think maybe corn on the cob. How's that, Saren? Ugh, Jack, you're <laughs> ruining all these fruits and vegetables for me. Type one is nuts. Type two is a bunch of grapes. Type three is corn on the cob. We're going to get to all the food groups today. So uh, type three is that cracked sausage poop. So that's normal, right? So you're all going for the corn on the cob. If you have the corn on the cob. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just work in comedy. Like I'm trying so hard not to crack <laughs> jokes. I'm literally sitting here like I just let out like a nose snort because I I just thought of something so disgusting and funny and I held it back and it snorted air out my nose. So if you just heard that that was me, I'm so sorry. <laughs> So if you are a type three, that's a doable stool, you're doing great. Keep moving, drink some water, um, continuing on the path that you're on. Type four is a sausage shaped. It's smooth, kind of like a banana or a nut butter consistency. Uh, and this is a perfect stool, right? So these are for you overachiever. You poop overachiever people. So this is the type four poop. This is the, the person that's maintaining a well-balanced diet of whole foods. They avoid stressful situations because stress actually shuts down the gut. That's not a topic for today, but I believe that's a topic in the fall that we're going to be touching on uh, in our Health Builder series. Uh, stress management is a key part of keeping your bowels happy. So type four is really where so many of us want to be. Type five is soft lumps with clear edges, easy to pass. I want you to think about your chicken nuggets. So oh. chicken nuggets is type five, and this is sort of light diarrhea. It may also be a sign of irritable bowel syndrome. To improve this situation, you know, eating a, a lower fiber diet is recommended. Taking the brat diet approach. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the brat diet, it's uh, bananas, rice, applesauce, and toast. Uh, it's often recommended by medical providers when someone's experiencing nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, or other gastric upset, because that brat, bananas, rice, applesauce, and toast is something that is pretty gentle on the digestive system. Um, it can also include things like crackers or potatoes as well. Uh, have you ever tried the brat diet, Saren? I have, but I didn't know the acronym and you know, like I'm obsessed with the acronym. So this is so helpful for me. All right. Type six, fluffy pieces with ragged edges. 
this is your mushy stool. This is where I'd like you to think about porridge, right? So this is mild diarrhea. It could be caused from too much fiber in your diet. So for those of you that were on the constipation side and you decided to kind of overdo it on the fiber, now we might end up with porridge. Uh, So this is something we want to find some moderation in. This is where you want to be sure to drink more liquids because any type of uh, diarrhea, even mild diarrhea, can cause dehydration. So we want to be very careful with that. Uh, This is also a reason to continue with the BRAT diet. And in some cases, this person may try an over-the-counter anti-diarrheal agent. Uh, But if it lasts more than a couple of days, I do recommend that people call their medical uh, professional team because I think it's important to to stay on top of those things, especially for those of you that are in active treatment. They may already tell you prior to your chemotherapy or some of the other agents that you're getting that it does cause diarrhea. And then type seven is liquid without solid pieces. This is where I want you to think about gravy, right? So we've had porridge and now we're moving to gravy. This is right. severe. Diarrhea. You just killed Thanksgiving for me, Jackie. <laughs> so. Severe diarrhea, this may be a sign of food poisoning, could be lactose intolerance, a bacterial infection, or, you know, it could be from a certain medication that you're taking. So this, again, is a place where we want to drink plenty of water, hydrate, and if it lasts more than a couple of days, we really want to make sure we consult the the doctor. So what we've talked about with all of these is in a way for you to get to know what your poop is saying about you, the size, consistency color, shape, all play a role in the health of your digestive system, right? So it's all it's all connected. And by us assessing all of those things, it tells your medical provider what the condition is of your digestive tract. So if you think about it this way, one bad bathroom experience could be a result of contaminated food. You know, think about that bad burrito, <laughs> um, or it could be from some intolerance. That's not that's not necessarily what we're talking about. Um, what we're looking at is things that are maybe more chronic. Whatever your concern is, it's important to remember that your poop can tell your medical team the story of the health, your health quality, right? That is your uh, internal ecosystem that is behaving in a way that will tell a story to the provider and let them know the best direction to treat you. Um, it's going to let you, it's going to let the provider know if you're eating enough fiber, if you're drinking enough water, or even if your digestive system is processing food too slowly or too quickly. It can help them understand if there's absorption issues. Lasting changes in your bowel habits or appearance can be a sign of a medical condition that needs attention. So, you know, I think it, I'm hoping that this created a compelling why that the next time that you sit down on the toilet, I don't want you to be shy. I want you to look down and assess what you see. I think we have to. Just the way that you're describing this, it empowers us to all be informed poop detectives. (laughs) In my practice, Saren, I actually have a tool that every time someone goes to the bathroom, they actually plug it into my app to let me know what their poop looks like. Are there grapes? Are there corn on the cobs? Or are we having chicken nuggets come out? Right. I mean, these are all wow. these are all things. And it it does tell me a story. And I can actually say, let's get some more hydration in there. Maybe we can find a way to bring in some more fiber. Uh, you know, are you stressed out today? Right. So it's it's telling a story. And I think it's really, I, I don't know about you, but I was that kid 
that always had the stomach ache when I got stressed. If I had a big exam coming up, I was nauseous. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was anxious about something, I had butterflies in my stomach or my stomach got gurgly or even gassy, right? Some people pass gas a lot when they're, when they're nervous, right? So, so it's really important for us to think about what messages our body is telling us because you're, you are a finely tuned machine and that finely tuned machine of yours will let you know what's going on with it if you listen. You really have to listen. A couple observations. One is that when I eat protein bars, I do see that my poop is very different from when I don't eat protein mm-hmm. bars. And I know that they have pea protein in them. So mm-hmm. is that constipating? Well, it depends on everybody's going to respond differently, right? And remember, it's not just the protein bars that are changing the landscape in there, right? So there might be, you may not have had enough hydration, or maybe if you only ate a protein bar and you didn't eat any other food for the day, there might not be enough to kind of push things through that could make it constipating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had some cheese for breakfast, right? That could be that could be more constipating than the actual bar. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more along the lines of of what you are consuming, you know, overall, I, I actually have people write down their food and their poop, right? So what did you eat? And when the poop happened, and we look at the timeline of it all to get a good idea of what's actually going on in there. What about chemo induced diarrhea? I just remember having two and a half years of chemotherapy and a lot of it really induced a lot of diarrhea what are you supposed yes. to do? I mean, like, do you, are there things that you can drink to rehydrate yourself beyond? Yes. Yeah. That's such a good question, right? So the, the most important thing is to ask your medical provider in terms of if you're having chronic diarrhea from treatment, because I, I was one of those people as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they want you to have that. And again, I'm not saying this for your audience, but there are some medical teams that are like, we want her to have the diarrhea because we want to get that stuff out of her. You know, we want to get we want to get this moving out of your system. And then there are others that may use an over-the-counter or a prescription medication to make it that people don't have diarrhea because dehydration is very serious, right? So we want to we want to take that seriously. I know that is a topic of ours that we're going to be talking about, I think, in August, but dehydration is definitely something that we want to pay attention to, not only from the liquid standpoint, you know, getting the water in, but also electrolytes, sodium, potassium, magnesium, chloride, um, phosphorus, all of these are super important in terms of maintaining a balance in your body and the electrical conductivity of your heart, right? So there are people that have electrolyte imbalances and they end up having, you know, some, some issues with their rhythm in their heart, right? So again, really important, especially if you're in chemo and you are having ongoing diarrhea, that you want to make sure that you're communicating with your medical team and that you are hydrating. I think keeping a journal, if you can, a food journal and, and, you know, so say you have your treatment on a Monday and you have diarrhea until Wednesday, but then, you know, Thursday and Friday, things start to tighten up a little bit. And then by the weekend, it's better. That could be your sort of story. And then when you go back in two or three weeks for your next treatment, you might say, okay, I know I'm going to probably have diarrhea Monday through Wednesday. It'll tighten up on Thursday and Friday. And then by the weekend, it will be normal. And so you'll know the story, but unless you keep track, no one's going to know, right? So you really, you just have to pay attention to it. And I, and I, I, these electrolyte drinks are something that you should have around the house in case you're having diarrhea, or it's better to get the electrolytes from another source. 
So that's a such a loaded question, right? Because some of the, and I, I won't say any names, I promise, but um, some of the electrolyte drinks that are out there are loaded with sugar and, you know, any added sugar for the general public is not great, but especially the cancer population, it's not something we want to pour into our body. So electrolytes can be acquired through many different things, right? So salt can be acquired just from the table salt, right? You don't need it mixed with sugar. Bananas have potassium. Uh, so there are different ways that you can get in some of those really important electrolytes through food sources. And that's something that we could maybe weave into the, uh, I plan on weaving in electrolytes into our hydration talk in August. I'm um, so excited to hear yeah. that. You know, I'm obsessed with water. It's a running joke around here. <laughs> I am too. I have a big, big jug of it next to me right now. I, I do too. I have two. Like I have one big one and one medium sized one in case I, I don't want to make noise while we're on. So I have a little one and then I have, I have water insecurity, actually. We'll talk about that when we do a hydration episode. You know, I don't know about many religions, but I do know that in the Jewish religion, there is a prayer that you say after you go to the bathroom, whether it's one or two, and you're mm -hmm. basically thanking the creator for giving you the opportunity to have that part of your body function and excrete properly. And when mm -hmm. I learned that, I thought, wow, like to even bring that kind of momentary thoughtfulness and grace and gratitude into that bodily function that I think we all take for granted until it doesn't work is really something special. So I didn't know if you knew that, but there was actually a- I didn't, I, there, I didn't know that. It's a real blessing that yeah. you say the minute it's, so you wash your hands, of course, but then <laughs> you say this blessing as you, you know, walk out of the bathroom. And mm -hmm. I, I try to, I don't know it in Hebrew. I'm Jewish, but I don't know it in Hebrew. But I try to take a moment when I walk out of the bathroom and just really be grateful that everything came out okay. But now mm -hmm. I know I have some work to do before I even leave the bathroom. Well, I think it's I, I think it's such an important thing. And one one piece I will also end on is that bringing attention to our bowel movements, our poop, whatever you want to call it, is important for screening for for colon cancer and you know for many other issues. It used to be that it used to be that people didn't talk about these things, just like breast cancer. You know, I I had a great aunt that had a mastectomy, but no one knows why, right? <laughs> because nobody nobody really talked about it. I mean, I think it's important to talk about these things so that we can identify issues earlier on and we don't wait until it, it's too late. Um, we can, we have the chance to, to address these issues earlier, which is I really can important. probably count on one finger, maybe two, how many times a medical professional asked me on a paper or on an electronic chart about my bowel movements. That wasn't, you know, a gastro person that specifically looks at gastro problems after they begin, but just mm -hmm. the general practitioner, I don't think I've ever been asked. And now that you say it, it is a way to telegraph what's going on in the body. And I think it's fascinating that you do that with your clients. I know that everyone's going to start thinking about their bathroom rituals very differently now. Can I tell you a joke before we go? Oh, please do. Okay. 
So, you know, I love silly jokes. I ate a bowl of alphabet soup and now I'm having a vowel movement. <laughs> I love that. That's hysterical. That hysterical. <laughs> I want you to use that in your presentation. Oh, that's so funny. I'm going to use that with my family at dinner tonight. <laughs> Anybody have a vowel movement tonight? <laughs> I didn't write it. I adapted it. I heard a variation of that joke and I said, I think I can make it funnier. But I I adore you and I'm so honored and I hope that you'll come back on another episode of Beating Cancer Daily and enlighten us the way you do and remind everyone right now to go to the comedycures.org website to the front page, literally hit the sign up button so that you can be notified of the monthly sessions that we get to spend more time with Jackie and she gets to teach us. Thank you, Sam. You are welcome. Everybody have a blessed day. Go check your poop and we'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) I hope you guys know this, but Beating Cancer Daily is a listener and donor supported podcast and community. So if you have some extra change, I'd love you to go to comedycures.org and make a donation today of whatever level is comfortable for you and it will be tax deductible to the extent allowed by law because Comedy Cures is a nonprofit 501c3 organization founded from my chemo chair April 1999 and we've been going strong ever since so please consider making a donation today and help our community, and this podcast thrive. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Guess what time it is. It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the Membership Circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy. Thanks for listening.